today I want to talk to you about why do narcissists demand your affection? If you guys are new here, my name is Ben Taylor. I'm a self-aware narcissist on this channel to provide awareness, growth, healing, and change. I'm the founder of Raw Motivations, the creator of the NARC app, and your guide in the 45-day Clarity Challenge you can access at claritychallenge.net. If you like what you see here, talking about narcissism, narcissistic abuse, the things that I have gone through with my journey in narcissism, then please subscribe. Hit that notification so you can get notified when we drop new videos, when we go live on the platform for Q&As, different things like that. We'd love to have you a part of this community. Well, when we talk about narcissists, we normally know there needs to be this aspect of attention. Like there has to be a lot of attention given to them, a lot of affection, uh, almost like an adoration, admiration, like all these different things to be able to pump up and to be able to supply more to the ego to that grandiose sense of self-importance, the person who thinks they are the best person ever. I wanna talk to you today about why narcissists often demand that affection and the consequences of giving in. And stick around for three bonus tips of how to deal with that different aspect. Okay, so when we talk about the need for admiration and attention, like what's actually driving it? Like why is a narcissist looking for so much attention, so much admiration? Why are they trying to fill this up? A lot of times it comes down to insecurity, insecurity of who they are. And as a result, they'll typically construct a mask, something to be able to put out in front of them to the entire world or for everybody else to see that says, this is who I am when it's actually not. And as a result, it builds a false persona of the person that you thought you're with that you're actually not, but it's completely a different person than what you've actually fallen in love with. And typically, with the insecurity, it goes back to who they are and what they've done. It goes back to aspects that pull up in the shame and the guilt category of like, wait a second, I don't know how to process these, so I need to be able to hide from it. Now, some people are like, a narcissist insecure? Like, no, like they seem super confident. They seem like they have everything under control, especially me. Uh, like in the workplace and in, in coworkers with like friends, family, like they seem really, really confident. It doesn't seem like they'd be insecure. Well, that's because of the mask. The mask that they're putting up is that thing that says, I'm the breast. I'm the best out there. I'm the best at this. I'm a good person. I'm adequate at this. Like whatever it might be, it's like, hey, I'm putting this out there. And a lot of times it's put out there and you're expected to praise, adore them, give them all the praise because of something that they haven't even accomplished. But that thought process is I need to have someone, okay? So part of the reason why we're talking about the insecurity piece when they demand your affection is understanding like what is actually there and that's that mask piece. Sometimes people get confused about the mask. Like they think the mask is like only looking a certain way when the mask is very much um, able to be deconstructed and reconstructed for different people or they're able to add on a different layer for a different person or you could say add another mask on top of the mask that they reveal to only certain people. Like there's different levels in one sense. But the whole idea about the mask is they need to hide to feel better to be able to get away from the shame and the guilt. The shame and the guilt that are inside that tell them, I did something bad, I am a bad person, and they don't want to be able to acknowledge that and how it goes against the things that are already happening, the things that are already happening with the mask, okay? So narcissists oftentimes demand affection. 
okay? So when you're thinking of it, think of it almost like a progression, okay? I, it's not actually built this way and it's not actually intended to be this way, but I want you to try to like mind map it a little bit with me to understand the progression of how this works. You see, a narcissist typically thinks that they're the best person ever. This is that high inflated sense of ego, this grandiose sense of self-importance, like I'm the best thing ever. So when you take that thought and you extrapolate it out, and let's put yourself in a room with that person. That person is like, I'm the best person in the room. Everybody else is beneath me. I'm the best person here. I'm the smartest. I'm the brightest. Whatever it might be, I'm the best person. Best looking, whatever it might be, okay? Then take that to your town. Take that to like the country that you're in. Take that to the world. That is the grandiose sense of thinking, like I'm really the best person in the world. Nobody else really matters. This is where you get the idea that the world revolves around me. But when the ego starts filling up more and more of like, I'm the best person here, you start to get this level of like, well, I'm also special. You know, I'm also better than everyone else. I'm not just the best person, but I'm looking down on the people that aren't as good as me. I'm looking down on the people that don't toe the line in this area or that don't complete their projects or that, you know, aren't here for a person 24 seven, like whatever it might be. Like there's millions of different things it can be. But the idea is like, I am better than everyone else. Sometimes you'll see this in like the workplace of like, well, I'm going to take over for you because I can do it way better than you can. Like I'm going to bring this to the next level because I am better. I'm special. Okay. I'm special. Like I can only connect with certain people with people that get me, with people that are high enough on the food chain in one sense to be able to get to the place of saying like, oh yeah, I understand who that person is. And this breeds this essence of like entitlement, of like I'm entitled to what I want because I, one, I'm the best person ever, and two, I'm really special, so I connect with only certain people. So as a result, I'm entitled to everything else that all the other people should be giving me. Now, I know it doesn't go that natural progression of how they get it, but like thinking through it, does that sort of make sense of like how a person would start to get to the place of like, okay, I'm entitled to everything. You know, I'm entitled to everything that you have. I'm entitled to everything that I want from you because I think that I can only connect with certain people and I'm special with those people. And I'm also the best person on the planet. Like that's like the grandiose sense of thinking. Well, being with a narcissist means that you owe them everything and that they owe you nothing. You see, when we talk about entitlement, one of the words that needs to be brought up with the entitlement when we're talking about narcissism in you is the word ownership. Now, ownership typically has really, really bad connotations and it should in this sense because a narcissist is looking at you as if they own you. They own your time, your money, your affection, your attention, your admiration, but especially your affection because you're together, you're with them, whatever it might be, and you that is owed to them. That entitlement piece of because I'm so amazing, because I'm so good, like I'm gracing you with my presence so that you owe me something. And oftentimes people don't realize how much in depth it typically goes for narcissists to think that, no, I own you. Like you went to another relationship. How could you do that? Because you are mine. Like, I didn't give you permission to leave. That wasn't something that was acceptable for you to leave. Like, you need to understand that piece. And so that ownership piece is expecting everything from you and willing to give nothing in return. So I have mentioned before about the consequences of actually giving into this. The consequences of like, okay, I'll give you that attention, that affection, that admiration, the adoration, like whatever you want to call it. Like, I'll give you that. Okay. What happens? 
typically what you'll see starting off is it'll be like the aspect of not having any boundaries or those boundaries getting broken. Now, as soon as that boundary gets broken, it's game over for a lot of people. Because of the fact that a narcissist knows if I can get you to break your own boundary, that means I can control you almost 100%. That means I can manipulate what you think, what you say, what you do, the direction you go, the people you hang out with, because I made you go back on your word. I made you go back on the thing that you said was important, and I just manipulated and brought you to a place where you showed that it no longer was important to you. So as a result... There's zero respect there, and I know I can do anything because you're not willing to respect your own boundaries. Nurses oftentimes will latch onto that and will understand that, okay? Some of the consequences. Further enables the cycle of abuse. That devaluation starts up even more. It ramps up even more. When you give in to that affection, they know, okay, I've got this. I can keep pushing them down and they'll keep coming back. I can keep belittling them, and they'll keep vying for my attention. I can keep treating them awful, and they'll keep coming back for more. Okay, that's some of the consequences. It'll just continue that cycle. A lot of times, a person's self-worth will get almost completely eroded because your needs don't matter. Like what you're saying, what you're bringing to the table doesn't count, doesn't affect. It's not something that should even be there. So as a result, it's like, no. And a lot of times you won't have a place or a space to have any emotional safety or an opportunity to actually contribute on any level of the relationship. And typically, one of the, the thir- one of the last ways that it comes to a consequence of giving in is the aspect of a trauma bond. That peace that you know inside your head, this person is not healthy for me. But you want to keep going back. You want to see them, hug them, hold them, kiss them, whatever. And that trauma mind keeps you locked into the hope, the potential, the possibility of something happening when you have no proof, when you have no facts to build support that it actually will. Well, a couple tips in dealing with narcissistic demands. I wanted to leave you a couple tips to try to be able to help with this. First thing is self-care. You need to focus on you. So many people forget this as they're getting out of the narcissistic relationship because it's been all about the narcissist for such a long period of time, they forget that they need to start focusing on them again. It feels awkward, it feels weird, but it is essential. Focus on you, the direction that you need to go, your vision, your values. People struggle with this a lot. We try to work with people to help them move the needle in that direction. Because if you don't know who you are, you don't set healthy boundaries, okay? When you set those healthy boundaries, you need to communicate them very, very clearly. This is what's going to happen. Let's say you're in a custody agreement or you're separated or you're divorced and you have to communicate some about kids. A lot of times I've been talking to people recently about using copy-paste of like, well, I want to see the kids one extra day. Here's the agreement, copy-paste. Here's what we already agreed on, copy-paste. Oh, here's the text that, you know, we answered this question, you know, five days ago, copy paste. Instead of getting into these emotional responses, instead of getting into these frustrating moments, like start to get to the place where you're saying like, no, this is what we've talked about. This is what it is. Here you go. That's it. Okay. Get support from community that actually knows what you need. So many people that I talk to on like one-on-ones are coming together and they're saying like, I'm looking for someone to try to help me understand this. But even more than that, I'm looking for someone who understands it themselves. Because so oftentimes, like they get to the place where they're going to therapy or they're going to a counselor or or like friends or whoever, people like just leave. Or like, that's not narcissism or that's not this. And then they are left being struggled and confused with what's actually happening. 
So get some get community, get support from community, people that actually know. I'd love to be able to help you in that process to get clarity from that confusion, to be able to help you heal, grow, change, and develop. If that's something that I can partner with you with, you can go to rawmotivations.com, click on the one-on-ones. From there, you have access to our NARCAP, uh, to our Clarity Challenge, all different access and tools, the journal that's there as well, to be able to help you as you progress and you continue to move forward in your growth, healing, and change.